Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the 321 No Kidding. Bob, the awesome hair. Happy October 16th. Be bosses day to all of you out there that are bosses. Today's reading comes to us with a quote from R.G. Collingwood. History books begin and end, but the events they describe do not. Each day we turn a new page in our recovery and we grow more settled in our new life. As we learn to live in the present, Neither fearing the future nor feeling shame about the past, we discover new pleasures in simply living. We don't have to hide our fear anymore. We don't have to suppress grief or shame or anger. We don't have to keep our real selves secret behind a a veil of chemicals or gambling. But we do need to remember our old behavior is still part of us. So when I talk about an addict, dude, that's what I'm talking about. We may still be paying the consequences for it with legal or health problems and financial We may still feel remorse over our actions. I'm adding words today, guys. It's all good. (laughs) And we need to remember that our addiction did not end simply because we stopped using our drug of choice. We could relapse at any time if we aren't careful and don't work our program. We could replace our old addictive behaviors at any time with equally unhealthy new ones that may be harder for us to see. This is why we keep going to meetings. This is why we need our sponsor, our other program friends, and our higher power. Recovery is active. When we are working at it, we are recovering. Today, help me see the work I need to do for my recovery. Okay, so I had a crazy night of not sleeping last night. So maybe maybe that's what I can blame on all my stuttering already. And my book is falling apart. So it's really hard to go back to refer to it. I guess that's what happens when you use it every day. The message in this reading, what I take away from it today is that we have to work on our recovery every day and we have to keep our guard up. Otherwise, it's really easy to slip back in to gambling, drinking, using, whatever the case may be. You already know I believe in that wholeheartedly. And besides that, when it comes to things like fearing the future, feeling shame about the past, having the guilt and the anger and the grief buried... You can't deal with that if you're not working on your recovery. Like it just stays with you because it doesn't have anywhere else to go. And the thing this reminds me of the most is a dry drunk. That would be the best comparison. And it's someone who still acts like an addict, even though they're not using, they're abstaining from whatever their drug of choice is. And again, you know, we focus on gambling here, but I don't think there's a term for dry gambler. And I think we talked about this in the last week or so. If I could remember correctly, at any rate, the kinds of things, let me think of some examples for you of showing her attitude. Oh, I remember I was probably telling you about the face mask situation and how someone that's allegedly in recovery, you know, is going around and yelling at people about wearing their masks. To me, that's not recovery behavior. That's our old behavior. You know, it's picking fights. It's looking for drama. It's all those things that used to give us an excuse to go gamble. So if you go, if you relapse or you have those negative feelings going on, it becomes so much easier to relapse. I don't think any of us want that, right? I um, heard from someone that I had been working with today and I don't know the details. She's actually got me a little nervous because now she's talking about relocating from her state. I know that she had a relapse and... I think, you know, it was, she's done a good job of trying. And the reason I believe we have to do the digging deep is because 
it just keeps proving over and over again that if we don't get to the root of it, we don't solve it, then the relapse is like intimate. It's right there. We, I went to a group on Saturday. I'm not sure if I told you this part and I apologize if I'm repeating myself. And if you're new to the show, well, welcome. You haven't heard the story before. But someone in the group was talking about people reaching out, inviting him to go play poker, which was one of his games. And him saying, you know, he wanted to stay connected and recovery is his own journey and blah, blah, blah. Now, on an outsider, as an outsider looking in, it's very easy, at least for me, to see who's acting with attitude instead of a good attitude and a recovery attitude. What what I wonder is what flips the switch and what gets people to see their their own lights. Like for me, I just, you know, the program says life is unmanageable. When I was gambling, I really was. I was either at the casino or I was at the bar or I'd leave the casino after losing and then go to the bar when I couldn't access any more money. And it was just band-aids on top of stuff, right? It wasn't recovery work at all. Even though I still pop into GA meetings, and see my friends there. And I knew that it was there, but I wasn't ready to make that change. And I find it, and I don't know if this is just something that now that I've been around a while, that I can see the difference between someone having an attitude or a good attitude about their life and their recovery. And the things that this reading talks about it impacting, everything from the shame and the, and the past and the fear the grief and the anger and all those things that the gambling or whatever addiction covers up so you don't have to deal with it, those can go away if you do the recovery work every day. One of my friends asked me this morning about how I made the shift from, I really don't have another term for it other than spiritual awakening. Like, And it sounds so ridiculous coming out of my mouth as someone who doesn't even like using the G word still. But when that shift went to see all the value of all those things, and relinquishing them, like just knowing they're not serving me and that I can't live my best life. And I'll tell you, you guys make it so I can't be a hypocrite either. Because if I tell you something and I'm dealing with something that's similar to what I've preached on or will preach on or what my value system says, even if it's hard, I have to fight through it. That's part of the recovery every day. And yeah, some days it sucks, but I'll tell you, most days it's absolutely fucking amazing to live in a place where like I literally went in the swimming pool today here at the hotel just because I could. And when I was in there, I'm like thanking the universe for the pool and the time to be in the pool and the hotel for having a pool, like just silly little stuff. Like really, how many times have you been swimming? Have you ever thanked the water for being there or just the time to sit still? It probably sounds completely ridiculous. And if I was gambling course, I said things like this too. You know, I probably wouldn't have been at the pool. I wouldn't have had the money to be in a hotel and I wouldn't have the time to enjoy and I wouldn't have the mindset to be grateful. I think of all of that as, you know, huge blessings that even if we have to have difficult conversations with people or we have to address things about ourselves, it's so important that we get rid of those fucking negative voices in our heads, the ones that tell us, you know, we're not worthy, we're not capable. If you practice your recovery every day, and by that I mean whatever works for you. It could be 12 step. It could be just doing a reading like I do and journal about it or talk out loud about it or 
process it and meditate about it. Whatever, whatever you decide. It could be recovery dharma. It could be smart recovery. It could be a counselor. It could be therapy. It could be coach. It could be whatever it is. As long as you're moving the needle and you're working on it and you're willing to be open to that digging and going through the process to get to that other side. Like I was talking to my counselor this morning and I said to her, I was like, self-awareness is one of like the most badass gifts. Like there's multiple parts, right? Like you have to be aware and then you have to be like, well, you have to be honestly aware (laughs) and then you have to be willing to work through whatever's broken or maybe broken is not even the right word. Maybe displaced or just not working. Maybe, maybe work on the stuff that helps our attitude show, right? When we had Neil on the show, God, months ago. Talked about our MOs. And for me, mine was sarcasm, which shows up a lot. Uh, sometimes just quiet anger instead of dealing with something. Get a little pouty and, and frustrated. And the MOs, have a bigger opportunity to show up when we haven't solved whatever generates them. He talked about them as the kids in the basement. So if we still do things or are exposed to things that impact the kids in the basement, our MOs are going to show up. And that's one of the ways to be self-aware, essentially, is pay attention to when your MOs are coming up. That would be a good indicator that something's not working and that we're acting with our attitude on instead of a good attitude and a healthy recovery attitude. Due to uh, the chaos of trying to get this show done (laughs) today and the speed bumps that came along with it, I'm going to leave you here for now. I think that this will probably publish late because it was a challenge to get it done and get it done well. So my apologies for that. Hopefully we will be back on track soon. I'm giving myself grace, which is again, part of what I preach and what I practice. So it's okay. And I appreciate you being patient with me with these shows on the road. I know that, you know, it's not exactly the consistency that I had at home. And I'm just trying to balance. I'm I'm just trying to balance. It's important that I show up with you guys every day. And it's important that I do this adventure to reset my brain. So a lot of things going on there. All right, beautiful people. I hope you have a great day. Thanks.